The following program is a production of the Barroom Network. It is intended for all audiences. Doug Buffoon. This defense sucks. This is moronic. John Buffoon. Your best run plays are coming off end arounds. There's a problem. Doug was behind the microphone first. He never held back. Very difficult to score when your offense is on the bench. When your defense is out there giving up 70, 80, 70, 64-yard drives. Now, it's his nephew, John. And there's no holding this buffoon back either. The biggest thing that affected Justin Fields was a coaching change. And now he has an offensive coordinator, and he actually will fit a scheme to the quarterback. Something we have not seen in a long time. I've had it! I have had it. I want somebody to get kicked in the ass. When I see Twitter polls and national media and fans weighing in on who is going to have the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft, and I see people commenting, Chicago, and it's not even close, then yeah, you know what? I'm going to get a little defensive. I got my ass whipped many times, but I tell you, I took somebody down with me. I don't think the Bears are a two to three win team. So to answer your question, no. The Bears aren't going to be the worst team in the NFL. It's Buffone 55. The John Buffone Show. Might have to tweak that intro at some point. But anyway, hello and welcome to Buffone 55, a fast-paced approach at breaking down those Chicago Bears. I'm John Buffone, and with me, as always, is my co-host and trusty producer, Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, we're back from a little vacation here, but the Bears didn't get any better. How you doing? I'm doing well. I mean, it really feels like nothing has changed except for, you know, maybe Fields' shoulder injury and then coming back. But outside of that, you know, Bears keep losing and, you know, that intro just keeps aging like milk. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I felt, did you hear the confidence in my voice when I was talking about that? Now now I'm just like, all right, uh, come on, guys. I got to get at least one more so I don't look like a complete jackass. But that's neither. But at least they're not the worst team. The, the Texans still have that. So you're not wrong, John. Let's, let's just put that out there. You're worst. not wrong. Let's let you know what this is going to be the year of technicalities. They're not the worst. So I you technically I'm still kind of right. But at any rate, Alyssa, let's get to the topic at hand. The Bears have a pretty tall task this week when they host the NFC's best to the Philadelphia Eagles. That should get you into the holiday spirit. We got a great guest joining us tonight to help us better understand how this team became the cream of the crop in the NFC. But just in case this is your first time listening or watching Buffone 55, Alyssa, tell them how this show works. Absolutely. So Buffone 55 has three segments, and we usually begin with our guest. And this week, we've got a great one. But we're going to shake things up tonight and start with our B55 segment because we missed a lot and we have a lot to talk about. So our B55 segment is when I ask John five questions and his responses must be completed within 55 seconds. The 55 is John's way of paying tribute to the great Doug Buffon, his uncle, his mentor, and a man who played 15 seasons with the Bears and wore number 55. Next, we're headed for a free-for-all that we call Buffon's Basement, where Aldo Gandia joins John and me, and the three of us try our best to stay positive amid a six-game losing streak that could very well turn into a 10-game losing streak to close out the year. We're then going to wrap things up with Sean Green, the host of the Die Hard Eagles podcast and the Sports Gambling podcast, who's going to help us get to know the Eagles a little bit better. 
But before that, let's kick things up off with our B55 segment. So, John, you've been off for a while. You remember how to do this? Yeah, you know what? You get rusty because there is a certain cadence to this thing. So uh, I, I might be stumbling out of the gates here, but we'll give it a shot. Okay, John, here we go. So the Bears were off last Sunday. For a lot of Bears fans, this is a chance to do something on Sunday other than yell at the television while some are just glued to football. So I have to ask, how did you spend your Bears bye week? 55 seconds are on the clock. Well, I, I know a lot of people use the bye week to take a Sunday off from football, and I understand that. And that's probably what I should have done. My, my fantasy football team, I think, sewed up uh, 11th place on Sunday. So there's no real reason for me to keep flipping back and forth between games. But there is something to watching good football games with no rooting interest. I enjoyed watching Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I enjoyed watching Minnesota and Detroit and the Jets and the Bills. Uh, look, there was no stress anger or second guessing there's something to be said for enjoying sports as a sports fan rather than a bears fan and i know we don't get many opportunities for that except for the bye week and unfortunately the playoffs and the super bowl in the off season uh but listen we're because we're always glued to the bears game we sometimes miss really good games that are going on at the same time so i had the flexibility to watch the slate of games that i wanted to watch on sunday do i wish the bears were playing sure but the bye week has its perks yeah, I had a very relaxing bye week, didn't have to stress, didn't have to work. I had all my posts pre-done, so I went bowling in the morning. You know, I bowled over 100 in all three of my games, so I'm very proud there of that. Um, and then I came back just like you and got to enjoy some good football, especially the 1 o'clock games, because mm. I mean, a lot of the floor o'clock ones were, you know, kind of blowouts, right. uh, weren't even close. But it, it was nice to just kind of sit back and enjoy it. But then at the same time, obviously, you know, it just feels a little different when you have a vested interest in, you know, who's playing. So, but it yeah. was, I, I did enjoy for once that the Bears didn't lose because they had just lost for six straight weeks. We have four weeks coming up where they're probably going to lose. I don't know if there's another win on the schedule, but it felt nice to kind of come out of a week and not have to deal with the Bears losing. Yeah, it was, you know what, it was as, as stress-free as a football Sunday can probably get. Yeah, until the playoffs, like you said, where, you know, the Bears have no. Uh, right. They aren't there. Okay. <laughs> so heading into this Sunday's game, there's no doubt that the Bears are outmatched on paper against the Eagles. One fan base has Super Bowl aspirations, while the others have been looking at mock drafts since October. So while this might not be a pretty watch, what will you be looking for on Sunday afternoon? You've got 55 seconds. Okay, so even though I've been off for three weeks, I'm going to somehow sound like a broken record here. It's all about Justin Fields and the progression of the offense. The whole season has been about him. Let's see if he can step up and put his stamp on a game where his team is a heavy underdog to a Super Bowl contender. I also want to see Chase Claypool get a little more involved now. He had the whole bye week to get accustomed to the playbook and the terminology, and there seems to be instances where it appears that Claypool just wasn't on the same page with the rest of the offense, but there have been some nice catches downfield as well. So let's see if he can take a step forward at some point. And finally, I think health is a big factor. If you're a non-competitive team that isn't going to the playoffs, the last thing you want is something that could potentially hinder next season. We saw Von Miller get hurt in Buffalo. We saw Debo get hurt last Sunday. We saw Kyler Murray tear his ACL. So staying healthy as, as, uh, is, is just as big for a bad team going into the offseason because you don't want it to screw up 2023. 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's why, you know, a lot of fans, and I know, like, I talked about it, too, is, you know, that was one of the reasons why we didn't want Justin, like, to rush to rush Justin Fields back after that shoulder injury, because we know there's nothing left to play for this season, except for him continuing to develop. So health is a big thing. And like you said, heading into this game, I feel like from here on out, the last four games of the year, it's all about Justin Fields, right? You know, so obviously, you know, kind of looking at what he was able to do when after that mini bye week and really stepping up, those performances happened against really good defenses. And starting on Sunday against the Eagles, I don't think there's a better defense in the league right now. So I'm really curious to see how Fields steps up against this Eagles defense. And I'm also curious to see how some other players uh, are going to. Obviously, Jack Sanborn is someone who, outside of Justin Fields, has been you know, garnering a lot of attention. And he looks like he's you know, making a claim for a starting job in 2023. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more Alex Leatherwood, Leatherwood, obviously at right tackle for the 10 snaps he was in against the Packers. He looked pretty good, right? So I'd like to see more of him, some Nikhil Harry, some of these guys who aren't necessarily, you know, they don't have, they're not either going to be under contract next year or they don't really have a starting job. I want to see what they have to prove, right? Because mm -hmm. there's nothing left to, to play for at this point. You got a whole bunch of injuries. Let some of these guys play and let's see what they got. Yeah, as fans, when you're at this point, whenever you've been out of playoff contention for quite some time, you have to find other things to look for in the game because obviously you're not striving. You're not. You're. We're not even in the hunt. So, so it's it's you have to be able to look at things that you can take away and build on because you're surely not vying for a playoff spot. So, as fans, we have to keep an eye for out for other things other than you know the scoreboard at the end. <laughs> because let's be real. I mean, as soon as I saw the, um, the Eagles put 40 on the Giants, I'm like, oh, no. We're in trouble. <laughs> this could get out of hand pretty trouble. quickly. So mm -hmm. it's going to be in trouble. So let's see what Fields can do. Um, sure. So, John, there's no doubt that most of the things the Bears have been doing have been in anticipation for 2023. You know, that could also mean some of the players are trying to play themselves onto the 2023 roster. So who is one player that could make the most of this four-game stretch? The clock starts when you do. You know, there probably are a few to choose from here. There are probably two or three receivers probably to, hoping to get another contract. But how about Chicago's sweetheart? You brought him up, Jack Sanborn. I think he has played himself onto the roster next year, but is he fighting to be a starter in 2023? In three of the last four games, Sanborn has double-digit tackles, and in the one game he didn't have double-digit tackles, he had nine. And in that four-game stretch, he also has two sacks and a fumble recovery. Look, Sanborn is not an athletic freak. He isn't a speed guy. He's 6'2", 234 pounds, and he's an undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin. But he's a smart player that can beat runners to the spot, and he seems to recognize plays very quickly. I, I don't know if he's the next great Chicago Bears inside linebacker, but it's pretty obvious that he can play in this league. And if he keeps racking up tackles and keeps shining in these last four games of the season, maybe he makes a case to the coaches and the front office that maybe they don't have to invest as many resources in the offseason at the linebacker position. Yeah, I mean, Jack Sanborn has been really, it's been really fun watching him. Uh, it's kind of like, you don't want to say that, you know, obviously Roquan Smith being traded was ever a good thing, but if there's a positive to come out of it, it's that we've gotten to see him, see Sanborn step into a starting role and he's, he looks like he belongs and he's just been getting, I mean, it's hard to believe he's only started five games at this point. It feels yeah. like he's been in there a lot longer just because, you know, Matt Eberflus used the word consistent to describe him. And I think that we've seen that and he's getting better with each passing week. And, you know, I, I feel like I jumped the gun with like my response to the last question Yeah, where I was like, some of nailed it. Yeah, Nikhil Harry is someone I think, I, I would like to see play uh, play uh, for a spot on the roster next year because we haven't 
really gotten to see a lot of him. First off, the Bears passing offense has been non-existent until probably uh, a couple weeks ago against the Packers. And Mm -hmm. now Darnell Mooney's out and, you know, uh, Chase Claypool, uh, he has a knee injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that he, I mean, he had that one really great catch against the Packers. I want to see a little bit more of him. Right. And again, this is the time to see what they have. And I know like, Byron Pringle, I mean, you're paying him $4 million this year. I mean, I really thought we'd see a little bit more. So, I don't mm-hmm. know, kid, show me what you got right at this yeah. point. So, no, I right, mean, there's right. yeah, there's a lot of players that uh, have a chance to earn uh, a roster spot because, let's be real, there's going to be a lot of roster turnover in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, let's, 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 they don't have that many guys under contract going into the next season. So, let's call it what it is. We can talk about trying to build a you know a culture and a mentality, but if 50% of the guys aren't even going to be on the team next year, what are you building? They're not going to be in Chicago. So, what, 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 are, we, what are we talking about? So, uh, I, I, I agree that there's probably some guys, I, I think Nikhil Harry is a great one to see what he actually, what you actually got in him and what you can, what he could bring to the team next year. But there's a lot of things that have to happen in the offseason. So, I guess we'll see. We'll see. We have, uh, I mean, it's a very important and big off season that we've been talking about for a while here on Before 55. And yep. we're going to talk a lot more about it coming up in these last four Get weeks. used to it. <laughs> Get used to it. So, you know, we're going to look at the other end of that, uh, which is four games left. You know, who are some players that could find themselves without an invitation to come back in 2023? You know the drill. 55 seconds. Okay, so once again, there's plenty of candidates for this. So I actually have two names. First, I'm going to go with uh, uh, Lucas Patrick. This is the guy they signed to be a stabilizing force on the offensive line. They signed him to a two-year, $8 million deal, but I think his dead cap is only about a million and a half bucks next year. But he's been hurt, and he hasn't been able to play center, and he's his play at guard has been suspect. Uh, if they invest in the line in free agency or the draft, I can see them letting him go. Now, I know he's on an IR, so he really can't play himself back onto the roster, but the play of others could make that decision for him uh another guy i think would be justin jones i think a lot of players on defense should be worried that they're not going to be back next year uh he signed a two-year 12 million dollar deal and has a 7.4 million dollar cap hit next year but his dead cap would only be like two and a half million dollars so clearly they need to revamp the uh the defense and letting go of jones could be a move they make to clear some space for someone else so i'll go i'll go patrick and jones yeah, Lucas Patrick, that's a that's a, a really good one because you kind of have to think about exactly how Ryan Poles is going to address the offensive line situation in the offseason. Like, obviously, I feel like Tevin Jenkins at right guard. Um, and, you know, I think that the Bears are really high on Braxton Jones at left tackle. And you have Cody Whitehair there at left guard unless they decide to, to part ways. So, I mean... Center, I mean, Lucas Patrick, he's on, he's, he's there for another year, but again, we saw what 10 snaps of him at center this year. And it was in one game before he went down and, you know, we can see what polls does in the draft or in free agency, you know, what he ultimately decides to do. Um, I mean, it's going to be really interesting um, to see exactly how they handle that. And another one on defense um, is Al-Qadim Muhammad because the the Bears pass rush has just been, non-existent they have the fewest sacks in the league i think it's 15 or 16 or through 13 games mm-hmm. and ever since they traded robert quinn it's just been bad and uh and again um muhammad is someone who's going to have a big ha- uh, cap hit next year is going to go up and you know you kind of expect more from him so he's someone i could see being one of those cap casualties heading into the offseason so it'll be especially if the bears are lucky enough to go out and get will anderson in the draft right we'll mm-hmm. see um, so I'm really curious to see how some of these guys, you know, you mentioned Justin Jones, you know, maybe they get, you know, Jalen Carter in the draft. So, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see because polls, he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of draft picks. 
Uh, and he's got a lot of big decisions to make. As you say, he's got a lot of work to do too. And I think it was Chubbs that said it in the in the chat room that the entire defensive line needs to be replaced. I I kind of agree with that uh, yeah. because this is a defense that relies big time on getting pressure with the front four. Like they just don't blitz that much. That's what it's it's what it's that's what it comes down to. And if you don't get pressure with the front four, you're leaving your secondary out to dry to try to cover people for five, six, seven seconds, and that's just not going to work. So you need to have some pressure with the front four, and this ain't the front four to do it. I think we. I think that we've seen enough to know that much. Absolutely. You got it. You feel for the secondary because, I mean, they were doing pretty well early on. I mean, obviously, Kyler Gordon had to kind of find his footing there, find his mm. sea legs. But, I mean, with Eddie Jackson had a really good bounce back year. Jaquan Brisker has been amazing. I mean, with this this passing defense, they just need a little help, right? I mean, mm. when you have a quarterback that can do whatever the hell he wants to back there, I mean, that's just unfair. So go and fix the pass rush, Ryan Poles. You need to. Yeah, against the Packers, I saw Aaron Rodgers getting five, six seconds. I'm like, are you kidding me? Any and any quarterback, let alone Aaron Rodgers, is going to find somebody open if they can just stand back there, have a cup of coffee, eat a sandwich, and then decide it's time to throw the football. Like, you got to get some pressure somehow. Man, I wish Justin Fields had that much time to throw. <laughs> just, every time I watch that, I'm like, man, inverted. imagine if Fields had that much time back there. We have the time where we don't want the time, and we don't have the time where we need the time. That's just uh, that's how it, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Okay, John. So before your vacation, you thought the Bears could have three more wins left on the schedule. <laughs> but after losses to Atlanta, the Jets and the Packers, that doesn't seem likely. With just four games remaining, <laughs> how many wins, how, if there are any, how many wins do you realistically think are left on the schedule for the Bears? No clock on this one. Take your time. I can't wait. Well, uh, it, it turns out I'm wrong about a lot of things. Uh, I thought they could have won a few of those games. And you know what? They could have beat Atlanta, and they were beating Green Bay in the fourth quarter. So I'm not a complete idiot yet, or maybe uh, whatever. But, oh, boy, uh, the Lion, or the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and the Vikings. Uh, I don't see how they beat the Eagles or the Bills. Uh, the Lions are surging. Detroit's probably playing their best ball right now, and they have a very outside chance of actually making the playoffs. Uh, so that leaves the Vikings, which I said could be a win if they already had the division locked up and they can't slide up or down in the playoff seating. But also, Minnesota is kind of descending right now. I think they played something like 10 one-score games and have won nine of them. I don't know how sustainable that is, but maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say the Bears have one more win in there somewhere. I don't know where. I'm not going to predict it because if I do, I'm going to be wrong. So I'm just going to say there's maybe one left in there. You have to have a little bit of hope. Come on, let's 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 try to be a little chipper here. Uh, with that being said, that does it for B55. We'll be back with more Bavone 55 right after this. Sundays at the bar. We start off with Mike North and Aldo Gandia on the early bear special. And then it's five Bears fanatics on the Barfly Tailgate Show. That's followed by fantasy football advice from two fantasy football experts. And at halftime and after every Bears game, it's Bear Football. Subscribe to the Barroom Network now. Welcome back to Buffone 55. It's time for Buffone's Basement. I'm I'm just laughing at some of the chat room right now. Abandon all you hope who enter Buffone 55. That, that one that one got me. But uh, 
This is a segment we call Buffon's Basement. That's where Alyssa and I, we kind of, you know, we get a little loose. We get, we find out who, who's going to make us look good. So, you know what? Let's go dust off Aldo Gandia. See if he wants to be in the show. Aldo, how you doing, man? Good long time no see. I got to bust your chops a little bit. <laughs> Please do. I uh, missed uh, working with you over the last two, three weeks. And Alyssa and I did a show together. We had a lot of fun at the end of that show. Uh, off camera, I told her, you know what? I'm gonna probably change that open because it does look bad. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own that. You know, if it, they're they're not gonna be the worst team, but I but I think I also saying that oh, they're not gonna be a two or three win team, and yes. <laughs> that's looking more and more um, yeah. in doubt. Uh, so you know what? It's it is what it is. I will I will own that. Uh, own Maybe that. next year when we kick off next season, you should say they're not going to win the Super Bowl. So yeah. then, like, you know, yeah, yeah I, the little reverse curse. And uh, yes, yes, and on me, I was up in a deer stand. Unfortunately, the, the, the deer didn't get the memo. So I was just kind of in a tree freezing and for, you know, six, seven hours didn't see a damn thing. But that's neither here nor there. But, uh, you know, we, we, we can talk about the bears because that's what we're here to do. Uh, how did you guys spend the bye week? What did you, Aldo, what did you do in the bye week? I relaxed. I, you know, did the couch potato thing, watched a bunch of football games, NFL red zone. You know, I tweeted out that that thing is like crack, man. I mean, they're just <laughs> going from game to game to game and it's hard to, you know, get up and go to the washroom. I might miss something. So, yeah. uh, so I really enjoyed that. Did some things around the house, you know, and, and of course spending time with family and doing that while football games are on is a rarity in my home. So it was mm-hmm. nice to do that. <laughs> And Alyssa, you said you kind of just chilled and they were able to watch some football there without any kind of anger involved with it. Correct? Yes. And and Aldo's right. Like, I mean, Red Zone is amazing. I mean, like, I love when the bear, I mean, here's the thing. I know we hate primetime games, right? But like, yes. the one thing is that I get to watch Red Zone in the afternoon. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or if they have a late game, like at four o'clock, which has not happened at all this year. Um, it, it's really nice. And, you know, just kind of not having to work because I got all my stuff done. So I didn't have to spend, I didn't have to be up till like midnight or anything doing work, just relaxing, watching football, not stressing, getting a little bowling in on a Sunday, which I kind of do during the off season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice. And you didn't have to, you didn't have to write any stories like write a post game or anything like that, which has got to nope. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> loved it. What do you always- think about having a bye late in the season? Do you think, that was good for the team bad for the team i read somewhere that perhaps you know these injuries would not have piled up the way they did if they would have had to buy you know week eight nine or ten i think it would be great if they were a playoff team because you get to rest a couple weeks right before you make that last surge and you get uh, you get a rest that a lot of teams don't get uh for the bears i mean for the most part, I think it's inconsequential. I think if you're going to get hurt, you're probably going to get hurt. But uh, it, I, I probably would have liked to have seen this happen, you know, four or five weeks ago. Maybe get a maybe get a breather in there. Maybe you know break up the losing streak a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, have have that have that week to regroup. But uh, for for a team like this, that and, and you know, I'm just going just from off the top of my head. I think it's kind of inconsequential for the most part uh i think it's it is what it is it would have helped if you're a contending team but they're not a contending team so it is what it is yeah i mean i think this year i mean i think it worked out well because of the injuries right like i mean fields got an extra week to rest although he got sick somehow um and then brisker and gordon are now out of concussion protocol so i mean i think that certainly helped but it's way too late for the bye week i mean it's just 
They were eliminated from playoff contention before the bye week. That's how late it is. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, pretty week bad. 14 just seems like an incredibly late. Like I, I was, yeah. I was looking at like, cause that's, that, that was the last week of, you know, a lot of fantasy leagues. It was our last regular season game for a lot of fantasy leagues. And it's just like, well, if you got to make your playoff, you get, you're trying to make a playoff run, your plus players are like, I, I have Jonathan Taylor and he was on a, he was on a buy. Not that my game meant anything. It made the difference between 11th and 12th place. But like, if, had I been, had I been really needing to win that game, then it's like, oh no, my best player is on a buy in week 14. What? Okay. So it, it, it is strange. You get, you get used to that, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. you, we talked about this a little bit, but, we have because I've been off for three weeks. I, I haven't been able to bring it up as much. Uh, although I'm going to start with you because this is something we always talk about. And I know that you were pretty. So I, I was surprised by this. And I want to know if you're sticking to it. The embracing the tank or embracing the loss. I remember a few weeks ago, you said you don't care if they win another game. And just because of the draft positioning and what it means for this team. And there's other there's more important things. Uh, are you staying with that? You know, I know that my answer is going to infuriate Chubbs in the chat room, but, you know, at this point, clearly uh, the there is value in winning games. You want to establish a winning uh, culture. You want players to feel good after games and so forth. But let's face it, the reality, the situation is that the roster is far, far uh, underwhelming, much more underwhelming than many of the teams that they're facing. In fact, uh, every team that they face the rest of the way has a much better roster. So to expect victory is, I think, a, a fool's errand. What I want to see is great individual performances. And if they can get a high draft pick, because I've started to do mock drafts too, and I walk away super excited when I can trade that number two or number three overall pick and load up on draft picks the rest of the drafts. A lot of people in the chat room are talking about Carter and talking about Anderson. Those guys are two of the best defensive linemen coming out in this draft, but they do, each of them do have questions now. Mm-hmm. You know, Todd McShay shocked the, the, the football world uh, earlier this week when he said there were character issues with Carter, the kid, the defensive tackle from, um, from uh, 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 Georgia. So that has to be checked out. So you can't afford to lose a top five pick because of some players inability to, you know, stay focused on the game and play a hundred percent and so forth. So trading away that uh, a top pick for multiple picks and uh, uh, increasing your chances of getting hits is the way I want to go. And if, so, of course, if we lose these last four games, I'm not going to cry about it. I'll bitch and I'll moan because I'll be here rooting for them to win. But I'm not going to be the guy that I've been all of my life where I would be miserable all week, where my wife would say, let me know when I can start talking yeah. to you again. I'm not going to do that this year. <laughs> Next year, yes. <laughs> sure. Lisa, are you embracing that- the tank? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Aldo said that because that was me during the Packers game. Like, obviously, like, because like we had our show before when John, when you weren't on, and you know, we were talking about, you know, do you want the Bears to beat the Packers or do you want them to lose so they get closer to a higher draft pick? And I mean, I was leaning towards the draft pick, but in my when the game started, I'm like, no, you gotta beat these, you gotta beat them. And I got really into it. So, and then obviously, when they lost, I was mad for like 30 seconds, and then I was like, okay, 
we still have the number two overall pick, you know? So it's kind of like at this point, you have to embrace the tank, right? Because they're not really going anywhere. And like Aldo said, it's about individual performances. The most important being Justin Fields, who he lit it up in that game, right? And they still lost. And that's been the case in a lot of these games since the mini bye week where Fields has had his best or historic performances and they still find a way to lose, which is ultimately going to help them in the long run, right? Because they're not competing for anything right now. But that gets you closer to that top draft pick where whether it's two or three, there are some quarterback needy teams up there that you could trade back or you could go after Anderson mm. or Carter or whoever you want. So, I mean, at this point, especially with four games left and you look at the teams left on this schedule, I'm John, I am impressed that you found one win. I'm just like, there's none. I'm like, they're going to end this season on have a 10-game losing streak. <laughs> got to find one. Well, Maybe I'm... the Vikings, if they have the playoffs locked up and they can't go up or down, but I still feel like the Bears would win or, or lose that one, I mean. Uh, they're going to so, get one. They're going to get one. But... That would be one. I don't know. Just like the opening, you know, don't jinx yourself. <laughs> right. You're, you're You're probably right. I'm, no, I'm speaking it out of existence because that's what I do. Uh, I'm kind of in the hybrid of this because I – I am not taking the losses as hard as I normally do because I understand the roster and I understand what this season is about. However, I took the Packers game really hard because I was I was back home with a bunch of buffoons watching this game. Watching this game, we hate the Packers, and we and, and you're watching that. I like I, I, that would have been fine if they would have lost every other game and then beat the Packers. I would have been just fine with that. But the way they lost and Aaron Rodgers saying it's Chicago's like a second home to him. I don't I hate that. I can't stand that. I if they if they would have gone two and fifteen this year and they just beat the Packers twice, I would have considered that almost a successful season, to be honest with you. Because I just those games mean way more to me as a fan than than the other ones at that point. So I I wanted to win that game. I, I, I didn't take solace with the draft positioning. I didn't take solace in anything. I was pissed off. I had to drive four hours back to my house. I was pissed off the entire time. Uh, but uh, but in the long run, I I am I'm trying to be more like don't let this bother you for two days because they're losing to you know the Falcons. Uh, don't get don't get upset because you know they're gonna get blown out by potentially the Eagles who are way better than them right now. So I, I, I understand the the idea and the high draft pick and the mock drafts are exciting. Um, and you know the the whole character issue thing. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that sometimes because we've heard about guys with didn't didn't there wasn't a report that Justin Fields had character issues at one yep. point and the, that and that came out and it was false and so I I hate you know the whole character they said you know George Pickens had character issues and now I you know and they're still talking about his character issues in Pittsburgh because he says he's not getting the ball enough well because he's probably not getting the ball enough if you look at that offense as well uh but uh but I I Unless the guy is like has a rap sheet of like legal things that have just been stockpiling up where he's breaking the law and getting arrested and just, you know, being let go because he's a star football player, then some of the, the character issues I, I think they get over magnified, which everything gets over magnified in the draft process. You can talk about character issues, you can talk about, oh, he ran a four four five. I thought he ran a four four two. Like the we're talking about like these minuscule things that people put under a magnifying glass because these GMs, especially the ones at the top of the draft, they basically have one more chance before they get fired. And if they don't, they don't if they don't, if they don't hit on some of these picks, they're going to be gone. So they're, they're, they're completely just, they're micro managing all this stuff. And they're trying to say like, Oh, this guy didn't go to, his, nobody showed up to this guy's birthday party. I and mean, it's just like, this, like all these little, you know, psychoanalyzing things, which may have a little bit of merit to it, but at the same time, you gotta look, can the guy play? 
is the guy going to play? And you you have your chance to interview him at the combine or at the pro day or anything of that matter. So um, I think uh, that 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 whatever that'll play itself out. I'm not a GM. I'm not the one that's going to be interviewing these guys. Hopefully they make the right decision there. Uh, one of the, as we move into the off season though, one thing that I thought was a very interesting question. Uh, and I want to present it to you guys and I want to hear your responses because I ask my best questions when I don't have an answer because I don't have an answer. <laughs> so, uh, but if you look at the NFC North, who would you most want to be heading into 2023? Because you look at some of these teams and, you know, the, the Packers will most likely still have Aaron Rodgers, but there's still a lot of questions around that team and around the weapons around him and the defense not playing as well as they thought it was going to play. Minnesota, who's going to win the division this year, and they have, you know, Justin Jefferson, who might be the best receiver in the league, but you have Kirk Cousins, you have some, you know, there's some shortcomings in other places. Would you rather be Detroit, who is playing pretty good ball right now and they're going to have a high draft pick because they have the Ram, the Rams first rounder who, who would have thought the Rams first rounder was going to turn into something pretty big in the draft of the Matt Stafford trade, but they're going to have a pretty good situation going into next year. And then you have the bears who have the mo most cap space out of anyone. They're going to have a high draft pick. They're going to have plenty of draft capital after, you know, the, the Quinn trade and, uh, and they're going to have a high uh, first rounder and a relatively, well, they're not going to have their own second rounder, but they're going to have a second rounder out of the Roquan deal. Uh, so who would you most want to be heading into 2023? If you're in the, in the NFC, uh, NFC North, uh, although I can see the gears moving in your head, who you got? Well, you know, I, I hate to say this because Don Burr is in the chat room, right? <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> so we can say it together, Alyssa. Yes. But you know, it it is Detroit. I uh, I have been complimenting their roster uh, since after the draft. They had a really fantastic draft uh, last year, and the year before that, they did it the old-fashioned way. They built their offensive line. They added the skill players to the point that they've made Jared Goff look like a reasonable quarterback to keep, and maybe not have to spend one of their first round draft picks on a quarterback and perhaps put all the, all of their money into Goff and add more pieces to his arsenal uh, in this upcoming draft. So the Lions are in a good position. The one thing that I don't like about the Detroit Lions is their coaching staff. And I know a lot of fans, uh, and especially a lot of people in Detroit, love Dan Campbell. He wears his feelings on his sleeve and so forth. But I, I – I, I, like overly emotional coaches to me are spending too much time crying and lifting weights and running with the team as opposed to thinking about how to make their team better. I don't, I don't particularly like that. And I know on hard knocks, they edit things to tell a particular story, but I saw their offensive and defensive coaches going at each other in a way that was to me, more juvenile than it was adult-like. The, the focus should be on the players, not on whether your guy beat your guy. I, I, I don't, I don't buy into that. And and now, I never, I never grew up being a hardcore ball player. You know, I played sports, but I was never on, you know, on a, on a team. And so maybe that world is something that I just never encountered and, and, and fell in love with. But I've, I come from the old style of a thinking coach and, and coaches who put their players first. And I don't know if this line staff does that, but other than that, they are stacked with talent and will be adding more. 
Yeah, it's funny because I, I just did another podcast today and it was I got a question about, you know, it was kind of like the Packers trending down. So which team would you be most concerned about heading into 2023 in terms of the Bears competing with them and all that? And it was the Vikings and the Lions are the top two. And I, I picked the Lions, I'm, which will appease my family uh, mm-hmm. if they're out here watching that. But um, I mean, I've just been really impressed with what you said. Like, like Aldo said, the draft, I mean, it started there, but this is a team that, and I've seen a lot of Lions uh, games, uh, obviously my family being from there. And it's just been like impressive to watch them kind of build it from the ground up, starting in the trenches with the offensive line. That is a great offensive line. And to see what they've done on offense. I think Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, is not getting enough credit for what he's been able to do. And like Aldo said, making Jared Goff look like a great quarterback. I mean, like he's been very impressive that entire offense. I mean, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball. I mean, and then on defense too, I mean, they started off as one of the worst defenses in the league, but I mean, they have a, it's a very young, uh, young, strong core. I think that they have is on defense, especially. And my guy, Aiden Hutchinson is killing it. And I mean, I've been very impressed with what I've seen from them. And I mean, it doesn't feel like the same old Lions because I've seen a lot of them and this feels a little different. I mean, we'll see ultimately what ends up happening. But I think that because they had that young roster in place and I mean, the coaching staff, I get what you're saying, Aldo. But I mean, I do think I mean, if if Ben Johnson's able to stick around on offense, I think that, you know, that's going to be huge for them because he's someone that people are are talking about as a potential head coaching candidate, kind of like Luke Getze was getting some talk Mm -hmm. right with what he's done with field. So. I mean, but then you have the Vikings too, right? And they kind of feel like they're Super Bowl ready, right? So, I mean, it's it's been very impressive to see what they've been able to do. So, I mean, we'll see what the Bears do because that's the thing. Like, of course you want to pick the Bears. Like, I want to because they have Justin Fields and they have a lot of salary cap space and they are going to have a top two, top three draft pick. But, you know, I have we haven't seen what Ryan Poles is going to do this offseason, right? And I think that's the one thing kind of holding me back Maybe we ask this question like before the start of the season, mm. right? When all the moves have happened. And I don't know. I hope I have a different answer at that point. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that's, and that's why I think it's a really interesting time to ask this question because of the unknown. First and foremost, I love Dan Campbell. Now, I will say, I don't know if I want him to be the head coach of my team. But I love Dan Campbell because I think that's how I would be a head coach. I'd be yelling the entire time. I'd be doing push-ups. I'd be, you know, him. drinking his 55 coffees that he has per day. Like that's like I would I would be Dan Campbell. Like that I just feel like that's how I would be doing things. But is that the best way to do it? I I, I don't know. But looking over this situation, uh I I'm actually, and I'm not trying to be like a homer in this situation, but I am leaning bears, but with the caveat that there's a lot of unknowns that have to take care of itself first. Now the, the, the biggest thing with the lions is I think they have a great infrastructure there. I think they have the, the rosters built nicely. I don't know if you can win a super bowl. I know Jared Goff's been to a super bowl with Sean McVay, but I don't know if he and Dan Campbell and that staff can get to a super bowl. So uh, do, do they use that high pick on a quarterback? And then do you start this whole thing of, did you hit on the quarterback? Because what? How many? What's the percentage of a hit on a on a first round quarterback? Fifty percent? Uh, you know, maybe a little higher. But like, I I think that if they go that way, because I think Jared Goff has a pretty significant cap hit for the next two years, so he's going to be on the roster. So are they going to draft a quarterback with that high pick and then bring him along under Goff? Uh, so I, I so. I'm leaning Bears because I think they have something really special at the quarterback position, which I don't think the Vikings have right now, and I don't think the Lions have right now. The, the Packers do, but for how long? 
Uh, and how long is that actually going to really work in Green Bay? Uh, so I think out of the, the trajectory of the quarterbacks in that division, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm I'm most encouraged about the Chicago Bears quarterback situation, given what they're well, given what's in the rest of the the um, the division. And then you drink, give the fact that they're also going to have a high draft pick that they don't have to use on a quarterback. They can use to bolster some of the the big needs. Not to mention they're not being drugged down by any big contracts on that roster. So this comes down. Down to, and we've been saying this throughout the entire season, it comes down to what Ryan Poles is going to do. There's no more excuses. There's no more, there's no, there's nothing that we can blame other than the construction of the roster by the GM now. He traded away Khalil Mack, he traded away Roquan Smith. He this is his, this is his team now, and he's going to be able to build it from the ground up with a ton of cash, and he gets to choose where he, what he's going to address in the draft. He's going to choose what he's going to address in free agency. So now, if the team, if we're talking about this next year, and they're in a similar situation, it's not, we're not blaming the quarterback. We're not blaming Matt Nagy. We're not blaming, you know, the we're not blaming Ryan Pace for all of his missteps with the salary cap. We're blaming Ryan, we're going to blame Ryan Pulse for it. And so this is a huge Huge pressurized season. Now, I'm not saying they have to be Super Bowl contenders next year, but they better damn sure be better than what they are this year. They better be maybe competing for a playoff spot next year. I'm not saying they have to be a 12-win team and win the Super Bowl, but they better be in the, in a in a playoff contention system. I don't want to be like, you know, in the hunt and they're five games back. I want them to be, you know, really shooting for a, a playoff contention because eventually – and I actually, Aldo, I think you, you might have talked about this with Dan Weeder, where it's like, when do we raise the bar for the team? And I, and I think that that and I think next year really is. I think next year is where most fans are saying we're giving you a pass for 2023 because we saw what you were to what you were taking away, what you were skinning down. You're taking this down to the absolute studs. You got this offseason to build it back up. And if you, and, and next year, it better be better. It better be better than it is now. And it better be way better because because right now if you're a three win team you better at least triple that next year <laughs> like if if, if, they, if they what's a realistic if they win three games this year what's a realistic jump next year I say nine wins if you're gonna if you're gonna if you have this formula that you're really convinced that it's gonna work then you better have nine wins next year yeah and they gotta gonna, figure out a, a way to get to five hundred or above five hundred given the uneven schedule. Um, you know, Dan Weederer said, you know, I want to caution everyone to who's thinking that we're a playoff team next year, that that might not happen. And he has reason to be cautious about that because there are so many holes on this team and you'd have to hit on every selection, every free agent signing, every draft pick. Uh, there'd have to be players who are on the roster, the, particularly the young players uh, like a Kyler Gordon who have to improve and get to that next step. A lot of things have to happen as opposed to a team like Detroit where you're, you know, they will, at, at the way they're playing now, incremental improvement uh, next season will probably get them into the playoffs. So the, the Bears have a bigger cavern to, to get out of, but as you – and, and, and Alyssa have said, you know, we have the quarterback now, and that is huge. And so one of the things that I'd like to see over the next few games is how Fields is now going to help the wide receivers become better because great quarterbacks do help the players around them to be better. Yeah. I, and honestly, though, it, it, are, are your expectations you know, to at least be in the playoff conversation next year? Because that's where mine are. 
Uh, can I see the schedule first? <laughs> well, we, 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 we have to wait like, we like three months. <laughs> but they're gonna have, they're gonna have they're gonna have a last place schedule. As a fan, yes. As uh, uh you know, as an observer, you know, I think that the other teams in the division are still going to be well ahead of the Bears, and in better position to make a playoff spot than Chicago based on what we have now and the assets that we have now compared to them. Again, the Lions have assets like if they were an 0-17 team with the mm-hmm. draft capital that they have. So I'm a little worried about uh, Detroit for the for the first time uh, since I was actually in Detroit. <laughs> Just kidding, Detroit people. Well, I'll be honest. There's, hey. there's, <laughs> listen, this is the NFL where, remember this year, we thought that the AFC West was going to have four playoff teams in it. The Raiders are going to be so good with Carr. And then Russell Wilson's going to bring the Broncos to prominence. And, you know, the, the, the Chargers are Super Bowl contenders, which they're good. They're not as good as we thought they were going to be. And then you have the Chiefs. Well, no, that happened. And then the Rams, we thought they were going to be, they were going to repeat. That, that didn't happen. I mean, yeah. So I don't think it's insane to say that the Bears could take a step forward, and other teams could take a step back, and that they could, and they could jump into that seven six seed, where as a team that does not play as well uh, can jump into something else. But uh, I guess you know we'll wrap up this this basement segment with what do you want to see. Uh, I guess Philadelphia. What 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 would be a success? What is success to you guys? Go ahead, Alyssa. I mean, I want to see what Justin Fields can do uh, against a really good, what I think is the best defense in the NFL right now. Um, so, I mean, again, at this point, you know that you're not really uh, going to win this game. I'm just wondering like, how bad it's going to be. But it's about the individual performances, which we touched on earlier. And to see like some of Fields's, you know, better performances this year have come against some pretty good defenses. So I'm really curious to see how he does, but also too to see him and Jalen Hurts both kind of. I mean, like what I would love, I don't foresee it happening because I think this defense is that good. But I would love to see, even if it's like early on, maybe like them get into a shootout. You know, kind of see him go back and forth because Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that a lot of people were touting just last year, and now he's in the MVP conversation. And you know, that's where you hope Justin Fields goes. And I think Jalen Hurts is a great comp for him. So I mean, I'm really curious to see how Fields does against this defense. Uh, and you know, can he keep up with Hertz? Let's see. Um, I'll just add quickly. I, I want to see turnovers, and I want to see a lot of points scored. Um, I will, you know, again, the Eagles are a great team, and I hope that when you you have Sean on our guest, as you talk a little bit about how that team was built, because I think that 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 should be the the blueprint for the Chicago Bears, uh, and the way that the Eagles have provided. Uh, uh, Arsenal for uh, um, uh, my guy uh, Hurts. You love Jalen Hurts. I, I love him coming out of college. I was very disappointed yeah. that they didn't invest a second rounder. But if they inv- if the Bears follow that Eagles game plan, then maybe you know next year we could be battling for a playoff spot. It can happen. And like you said, when we come back, we are going to talk to Sean Green, the host of the Die Hard Eagles podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to break down this Bears-Eagles game because there is a game on Sunday. We'll be back with more Buffone 55 right after this.
Welcome back to Buffon 55, and like we teased before that, what, 10-second break, our guest tonight is Sean Green, the host of the Die Hard Eagles podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean, appreciate you being on Buffon 55. How you doing, bud? Doing great. I mean, the Eagles are 12-1, uh, and 1, right? I can't complain. So, yeah, really excited, and we got a, we got a fun home stretch for the birds. So, yeah, pretty jacked. Well, you can't complain, but that's all we do on this podcast. So you're going to have to entertain us a little bit. But uh, I, I do want to start with overall and look at this holistically because the, the Eagles are flying high, only one loss on the season, and they seem destined to make at least a run at the Super Bowl. Uh, at this point, in your opinion, what stands between the Eagles and making it back to the Super Bowl for the first time since, I believe, 2017? What's, what's, gonna, what's the biggest obstacle that could be in their way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to just come down to how does Jalen Hurts look in playoff games? He, he's had an amazing season. I think he's the MVP right now. We do have four games left, but it's still an unknown, right? You know, there are some quarterbacks in the NFC with more playoff experience than him. So I think, one, if they can get the uh, number one seed and get, get home field advantage, that is huge. That makes their path that much easier to get to the Super Bowl. But, uh, again, he's, you know – he, he has no playoff experience. So that to me is the biggest unknown right now for the team. And speaking of Hertz, you know, there are a lot of people that had written him off last season and he certainly appears to be proving everybody wrong with an MVP caliber season. And I'm curious what's impressed you most about Hertz this season and what's been the biggest factor in his improved play? Yeah. I mean, uh, I was super high on him, uh, from the beginning. Like once I saw him come in and saw the work ethic he had and his commitment and dedication, I was like, this guy's the man. And I thought I saw enough flashes of him throwing the ball in year one to be optimistic about year two. I mean, I, I didn't have them going 12 and one. I thought I was being a homers calling, calling for 12 and five. Now that looks like a nightmare scenario. So I didn't even think it would be this much of a jump. I mean, one, they, they continue to build uh, with the offensive and defensive line, obviously having a great offensive line makes your job so much easier. And uh, two, Alshon Jeffrey, like, or sorry, Alshon Jeffrey, it kind of hey. reminded me <laughs> of when they signed Alshon Jeffrey, didn't mean to rub salt in the wounds uh, for bears Ouch. fans, but he, when Alshon Jeffrey came in in 017, he really helped Carson Wentz make that jump. And in the same way, uh, you're seeing this with uh, with AJ Brown to make a jump, right? Because he has a massive catch radius. Even some of these, like a uh, couple of the balls that hurts throws that aren't good, he picks them up. He has a great, uh, you know, run after the catch. So he's making his job look way, way easier. I mean, he's he's put in the work, but they've built uh, a great team around him as well. And let's talk about that run game a little bit because Miles Sanders has become the first Eagles uh, rusher to hit, I believe, eclipse a thousand yards since Shady McCoy back in 2014. And this was kind of his prove it year where there was a lot of doubt around the run game. They weren't sure if he was going to be the guy, the trade rumors about like Kareem Hunt and all this other stuff. So, what, what's been the biggest key to Miles Sanders' success? And is this a guy that's going to be in an Eagles uniform next year? That is a really tough question as far as will they resign him? I mean, I think they'll want him back, but you know, Howie Roseman, he's a fan of analytics and it's really tough to give a running back that second contract to justify because he bet on himself, Miles Sanders, right? And he's having that career year in the contract year. We always talk about it in sports. He came in, he, you saw it in training camp. Like he had an extra spring to his step. Like last year he had a pretty good year, 
Um, he didn't score a rushing touchdown, which was kind of like a statistical anomaly. Now he's already got 10 this season. So he was due to get those touchdowns that he wasn't getting last year, but he also is just running harder. Like he's, there's no hesitancy in his game, uh, which had kind of been an issue. And the, the offensive line continues to dominate. I, I think the argument against Miles Sanders is that, you know, Kenny Gainwell's had moments where he's looked good. They've even put in Boston Scott and he's able to run behind that offensive line. The Eagles have a ton of draft capital. So I think they like miles, but would I be shocked if they just drafted a guy in the second or third round and said, Hey, sorry, man, it's been fun and, and save some money because they got to pay Jalen hurts. So unfortunately he may be odd man out as much as I've, I've loved his year this year. And you talked a little bit about AJ Brown and, you know, I'm curious what's impressed you most about him and also what makes him so dangerous to contend with. And can you talk also a little bit about Devonte Smith and how he compliments Brown? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's awesome because uh, I, I don't know, there was like this inside joke where, uh, you know, they called one of the receivers Batman or something. And then uh, there was a thing where it's like, oh, actually we have three Batmans. We have swole Batman, uh, which is uh, AJ Brown. They have skinny Batman, which is uh, Devonta Smith. And then uh, fast Batman, which is uh, Quez Watkins. And then fat Batman is uh, Jason Kelsey. But <laughs> it, it, they really, they really seem to have a good match, right? Cause AJ Brown is big physical. And then Devonta Smith. I mean, if you're into, if you get fired up watching guys run crisp routes, fire up some Devonta Smith highlights and you could just see especially going up against a second quarterback. Like they just don't have uh, the athletic ability to stick with them and very good hands, but really his, his route running is just insane. And getting back to AJ Brown, it, it sounds preposterous, but like he looks similar to the, the year to had, like he really, the year he had, and it's a mix, right? He has, he's good yard after catch. He's, he's super physical, bringing the ball down and he's, He's not slow by any means. He's just super a super tough guard. And then if you have Devonta Smith on the other side in a legit running game, it, it, your hands are going to be full. And they could be getting another weapon back because they've des designated Dallas Goddard to return off injured reserve this week. How does his return impact this offense moving forward? And what do you think Bears fans can expect to see uh, on Sunday if he does return to the field? Yeah, I, I would project that he does play. I don't know if they're going to give him a full workload, um, but I, I I do think he plays. And in a weird way, their offense has been really good without Dallas Goddard these past three games. Points-wise, they're hitting some of their highest numbers. Um, I don't really understand it. I think what it did was force them to, to get Quez Watkins more involved. They didn't really get much from the backup tight ends, but I think it was good gave Quez some confidence, uh, got him worked in. So I would say, I, I do think Dallas Goddard will play. I don't know if he'll get the full like workload. So I, I would, I think they'll get him a couple catches, get him slowly working back in the offense. You know, one area the Bears have struggled in is getting after the quarterback this season. And I was wondering how the Eagles offensive line has fared in protecting Jalen Hurts. And is there any weakness along that line that Chicago could exploit? Oh, man, um, it's going to be tough because the offensive line has been really good. Uh, they, they build around the offensive line, right? Like they go out of their way. Howie Roseman, as much as guys like me have called for them to fire him at times, you know, when you, when you draft uh, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, but on the flip side, he found a guy, Jordan Mylotta, 
who never played football before and got him in the seventh round. And now he's a franchise left tackle. So he, he has some real highs and lows with his draft picks. Um, you know, they're pretty strong. I mean, I, as far as offensive line weaknesses, there's been times where Jason Kelsey has had issues with the snap, uh, which is pretty rare for a, a guy, uh, a veteran center like himself. And then there's been times where Jordan Mailata, if you can get to the outside quick on him, he's a big dude. He has a big frame. He doesn't necessarily have the bend that maybe some left tackles that are better than him have. So I think if you get an outside speed rush on Jordan Mailata, that's your best bet. But um, other than that, you know, Hurts is tough to get to because he's he sees the field pretty well and he's he's elusive. So you saw that the Packers try and get that outside rush going, and then he just ran for 157 yards. So um, you kind of have to pick your poison with the Eagles. Let's switch to the other side of the ball because the Bears finally started to air things out uh, against the Packers before the bye week. Can Justin Fields find success through the air against this talented Eagles secondary? Give us a breakdown on them and what some of the, the strengths are. Well, uh, so our outside corners are really pretty good and and kind of remind me of the receivers. Like they their skill sets complement each other, I think, uh, with Darius Slay and Bradbury. I think the the weakness right now for the Eagles defense is at the safety position. We're down to our, our third safety uh, Kavon Wallace, a guy like they didn't want to put out in the field. Uh, they had an undrafted guy, Reed Blankenship, playing in over him when we lost our original safety, Chauncey uh, Gardner Johnson, who was injured. They put in Reed Blankenship. He just got injured. So I think middle of the field, that kind of stuff. I know you guys got Cole Komet back. Um, I, I would say if you're going to attack like passing game wise, I think I think over the middle stuff like that with Cole Komet will be your best option. Trying to get Cole Komet on Kavon Wallace. Um, Marcus Epps, the other safety, has been kind of a weak spot. But on the outsides, we do a really good job. And we just got our nickel cornerback, Avante Maddox, back, uh, who played really well last week. So I think middle of the field deep against the safeties. Make the safeties work in pass coverage. And hopefully the hopefully the Bears' offensive uh, coordinator is not listening right now. Because I think – I mean, I'm sure he's going to see it on tape. But that's – if I was going after the Eagles, that's what I would do. Loyal listener, yeah. <laughs> Kenzie, I hope you're taking notes. Yeah. And yeah, also, just... you heard it here first. If you have Cole Komet in your fantasy league, start him Sunday. <laughs> it could, it could. I mean, again, of, of the of the Bears guys on offense, obviously, I'm worried about uh, Justin Fields being able to break one. Um, I'm debating whether or not to start him in fantasy because he's he's won me a bunch in fantasy, but I can't start players who are going against the Eagles, yeah. so I'm really torn here. And then it is the playoffs, so I'm really. I'm really going to have a hard, hard, uh, heart to heart with myself yeah. come Saturday night. Obviously he can do a ton on the ground, but I, I, I was high on Justin Fields coming into the season. I think he's made some explosive plays in the past game. I saw enough flashes uh, that first year that made me optimistic about him this year. Now, of course they got off to a rough start. They didn't, I, I don't know what kind of offense they were running early on, but something switched and they're like, Hey, this guy's great running the ball. Let's let him run until he fully develops the passing game and similar kind of similar path uh, that Jalen hurts went on. Like last year, he was not a guy that was scaring you in the passing game, but you saw some flashes and you slowly worked him along with the offense. You gave him some weapons. So if I'm a bears fan, I'm talking myself into like a similar path uh, that Jalen hurts went on. So I, I am worried about uh, Justin Fields. I mean, he's, he, uh, you know, a very explosive guy. And then Cole Komet, 
Uh, and, and the Eagles have had issues in the run game on the road in particular. They did get Jordan Davis back, uh, and they signed Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph, just a bunch of fat guys to throw on the defensive line to clog things up there. But in games where, you know, like their one loss against the commanders, it was just a lot of like three yards, three yards, the three yards in a cloud of dust because the Eagles defense will kind of sit back and let you let you make a mistake and tie your own noose there. So if you guys can consistently do that, I think that's the way to attack them. Yeah, that's a perfect segue to my next question. You know, the Bears have the best run game in the NFL. The Eagles are behind them at number two, and they're obviously going to look to lean on that with David Montgomery and Justin Fields. Can we expect Chicago's success on the ground to continue? And how have the Eagles fared against running quarterbacks like Fields this season if they've faced any? Yeah, I'm trying to th- – because Fields is in a level of his own, honestly, with Justin Hurts in my mind. Um, you know, we did an okay job with Kyler Murray, held them to 17 points. He didn't really kill us. Uh, I think where you're going to see is uh, a lot of the five-man front, especially with Jordan Davis back, where, you know, that's a pretty formidable defensive line, and you got to get a pretty good push. So I think they're going to put five guys on the line. I think they're going to come in focused to stop the run, and I think they're going to come into the game plan – well, as an Eagles fan, a lot of times we saw last year where teams would just load the box against the run and say, hey, beat us with your passing game. And unfortunately, last year, Hurts had trouble doing that. And I think the Eagles are going to come in with a similar strategy. Uh, I got to ask you about the pass rush specifically because the Bears traded Robert Quinn to Philadelphia. What so far has been his impact, if any, with Philadelphia? And what does the pass rush look like as a whole? Well, I think his impact is is giving you guys a free fourth round pick because he hasn't done anything. <laughs> and fortunately, we haven't needed him because, uh, you know, Hassan Reddick, uh, Brandon Graham is having like a career year, even at his age. I mean, he should be talked about for, um, you know, comeback player of the year. He might have double digit sacks. He's he's like a limited uh, edge rusher, but he's playing really well. So the, the pass rush has has done really well even with getting absolutely nothing from Robert Quinn. So enjoy the draft pick guys. Uh, he's, uh, he's on the IR right now, so he hasn't really done anything. <laughs> it, it's very rare w- for, to have wins this season for the Bears. So I'm going to take that one as Thank a yes. win. Uh, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, and Sean, we always get a kick out of talking about the opponent's special teams. Is uh, there anyone Bears fans should be looking out for on Sunday, be it a kicker, a return guy or a gunner? Well, I would say uh, keep a lookout for the the Eagles special teams coach Michael Clay because he's kind of on the hot seat. Uh, he's he's the special teams have been a weakness of the team. Um, honestly, like you know the the only real Giants dry uh, points were scored off a you know uh, a muffed punt uh, that the Eagles had, or you know the punter messed it up and the whole thing there. They've they've been bad in the return game. Um, honestly, you know, the only, the, the bright spot over special teams right now is Jake Elliott, our kicker. Um, and you know, our, our punt returner, uh, Britton Covey, he's, he's kind of been like a fun, you know, guy you root for cause he has no athletic talent and it's fun if he gets like 10 yards, but there's, <laughs> there's no one that's going to be taking a kick to the house or anything like that. Um, so I just watch for Jake Elliott nailing a sweet field goal. That's really your only concern. We'll keep an eye out for that. That sounds that sounds like a good time. Uh, I do want to go to some uh, some chat room questions for you, Sean. I'm going to start with Laz. He said, uh, "Would Sean like to talk about Kelsey? What's it like to have a great center?" <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, he's a he, he's an all time eagle, and uh, they they put out a Christmas album. He's super fun. He's an athletic guy that you can get involved pulling and and doing everything. So, again, thoughts and prayers for teams with not a good center, especially going up against Jordan Davis this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's go to another chat room question. Let's go with Nomad. Ask Sean if he thinks the Eagles will let Andre Dillard hit free agency. Yeah, that's a good question. I think they will. Um, as awesome as it's been to have the luxury of Andre Dillard, in some ways, kind of a bust because you draft him, you know, twentieth overall or whatever it was. You expect him to be the left tackle of the future. I mean follow the money. They pay Jordan Mailata. They expect Jordan Mailata to be the guy. Um, and I just don't think you're going to pay a left tackle any sort of money. And Andre Dillard, you know, he's looked pretty good in relief. Like anytime Jordan Mailata or Lane Johnson have gotten hurt, he's filled in. So I think he's shown enough to get paid by a team like starter money. So I think they, I think they definitely let him walk. Got another one about fantasy. Uh, Cliff Victoria wants to know, Sean, can the Eagles D step up for my fantasy playoffs? That's more going to be an indictment on the Bears offense than the Eagles defense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yes. Yes, we can. Uh, We've been uh, creating turnovers. So that's obviously huge turnovers and sacks. And, you know, even if like the spread right now is nine points, if the Eagles get out to a lead and the Bears are playing against soft coverage, that's usually good for the offense to create some fantasy points, but it means that the uh, the Bears are going to be dropping back a ton of times in the pass game, which means one opportunities for sex, two opportunities for interceptions. So uh, I do think we're going to help you out this week for uh, fantasy. Before we get into some of those uh, predictions, we got I believe we got uh, one more question here from Saint Omni. It says, "Question for Sean: Jim's or Geno's? I assume those are cheesesteaks we're talking about." Yeah. I'm a Geno's guy, but again, you know, I'm never going to turn down a cheesesteak. But yeah, Geno's all the way. <laughs> Can't really go wrong. Good answer. Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> Let, let's get into the game itself because I know that you you're you're uh, you're kind of a connoisseur of the sports gambling as well. So let's talk. Oh, about yeah. you're talking, You talk about that nine point spread. Obviously, you know, we can talk about who you're going to pick to win the game. You're going to pick the Eagles. We're all going to pick the Eagles. But how about uh, how about that nine-point spread? How do you feel about that? For any for Bears fans that may want to have a little bit more of a vested interest in the game, maybe not the scoreboard as much as the – well, the scoreboard, but not necessarily who wins the game. How do, you, how do we think about – what do we feel about that nine-point spread? Yeah, I would uh, – again, I – I ju- we just recorded our episode of Sports Gambling Podcast. I did take the Eagles laying the nine. If you're if you're talking yourself into the Bears getting nine points, I think the case is pretty easy. The Eagles have a division game uh, next Saturday, Christmas Eve, against the Dallas Cowboys. So they they could very well be like looking ahead here to that huge game against Dallas. And I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Bears backdoor that nine points. So I like the Eagles to win thirty four to twenty. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if the if the Bears get a backdoor score there or make it a little closer. And in a similar situation, when the Eagles went on the road against the Arizona Cardinals the week before they played the Cowboys last time, they won twenty to seventeen. They did not cover the spread. So I think if you're if you're talking yourself into a Bears cover, that's what you're leaning on. Um, as far as like Bears best bets, maybe even look to the team total because I do think the Eagles will be able to put up points, and I think the Bears will be in some situations you know, maybe late in the second half or whatever, where the Eagles will be sitting back a little bit. 
Uh, Jonathan Gannon does that with his defense. So Bears team total, I think, uh, could give you guys some hope. And, and the Bears offense has had moments, especially at home, where they put up a ton of points. Is there anyone, speaking strictly from a Chicago Bears fan standpoint, where you could bet on an anytime touchdown that you think might be might be a good bet against this Eagles defense? Who who would you go for that might have some long odds, but also could you know cash out pretty good? Yeah, I I, I would go back to Cole Komet. Um, I, I think with our safety issues, I think he could be a real handful. I mean, you know, like Montgomery or Justin Fields, those would be the odds on favor. But I think Komet, you're probably getting a better price, and I, I like your chances there. All right, and it looks like we have one more right under the under the uh, door. There, we got one more listener question. Ask Sean what he thinks. What will happen to Javon Hargrave? Yeah, I, I think they're I think they're in on Javon Hargrave. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't have his deal in front of me, but I think they're down to continue to pay him because uh, he's a young guy and and on a decent deal. I, I think this might end up being the last year for a guy like Fletcher Cox, um, who they they did this weird thing where they cut and then resigned him. I, I, I would be surprised if Fletcher Cox is uh, an Eagle next year. And I think that's going to free up some cap space for a guy like Javon Hargrave, who I think they're in on. Excellent stuff. Well, Sean, before we cut you loose, can you tell our listeners and uh, viewers where they can find your work, where they can listen to you? Because you're, you're more than just an Eagles guy. So where, where, can, they, where can they catch your stuff? Yeah, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. Just put it in Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, pick every NFL game against the spread. And it's part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So we got shows for anything you want to bet on, college basketball, MMA, NBA. Uh, we got a hockey gambling podcast. So really kind of whatever sport you're into, we got some guys breaking it down and uh, giving you some free picks, all free. Excellent stuff. I love free. Love free. <laughs> hey, it's free. It's for me. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, we appreciate you being on Buffone 55 here. And like I tell all of our guests, we're going to talk to you down the line when the Eagles and Bears inevitably meet in the NFC Championship game. How's that sound? Let's go. Best of luck with that. <laughs> all right, Sean, thank you so much for being on. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up Buffone 55. Don't go anywhere. Ellis Hall, since I came here, has been expanded twice. Both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we never we never got it. But, I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, I told you what Olin would I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> no, and, and that was at 5 o'clock when there's, you know, there's no players around. <laughs> oh, Here, so- get the f- out of my weight room. <laughs> oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial. <laughs> Welcome back to Buffon 55 as we wrap things up. Yay, let's get Aldo Gondia back in here. Aldo, I don't want you to pull a hamstring or anything, but <laughs> go ahead and get back in here, uh, you old There guy. he is. There. <laughs> you doing all right, buddy? You hanging in there? You're muted right now. <laughs> Mid-show form. <laughs> yeah. You're still muted. What the hell's going on, man? <laughs> It's only been a week. Okay, a couple weeks. I I was saying, as I was muted, I was saying, yeah, I'm missing all my cues. I'm really (laughs) screwing up back here. (laughs) 
you know what? It's the season's winding down. We're in the last quarter of the season. You know, just you're you're in cruise control. The Bears are in cruise control. It it, it is what it is. But I wanted to bring you back in for some some closing thoughts. And uh, you, for you can tell everybody what the hell's going on with the Barroom Network as far as all the programming coming up because we got there's so much. I tell you, even though the Bears are bad, there's so much content that, that, that to go on here, man. So I, I hope that everyone likes, subscribes, gets the alert on YouTube, all that other stuff because there is literally a show for almost everything and anyone and every day. So, Aldo, what do we got? Well, uh, first of all, the interview that I did for uh, Dan Aldo Bear Their Souls with Dan Weeder, uh, I'm going to isolate that interview because it was about 15 minutes long and we, we cut it up into pieces for last night's show. But I'm going to send it out on the Barroom Network's YouTube channel in its entirety, uninterrupted. It's, again, 45 minutes. And I think people will find that interesting. Chubbs submitted a question that Dan was responded to and it was i think a good interview uh covering the sports the role of the sports journalists and the media landscape now and then also tackling a number of uh pertinent bears uh issues and questions that uh, were in the last 20 minutes of the show so that and uh what's coming up at 9 p.m central danny shimmons bear truth danny is breaking down tape of jack sanborn and braxton jones these were names that were submitted in the chat room so he's got about uh, seven or eight plays for each player and talk about these two promising a- acquisitions that Ryan Poles added to this team. This is what Poles is going to need to do this offseason, right? Yeah, yeah. Not only hit with those high draft picks, but find the undrafted free agent like Jack Sanborn. Find that fifth rounder who can step into the starting uh, into a starting job. So those uh, two shows, and then we've got Crosstown, Crosstalk uh, tomorrow, baseball talk. There's always – you know, baseball is 11 months out of the year, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Vinny Parisi will be uh, tackling that. And then on Sunday, or excuse me, uh, tomorrow, uh, we've got uh, the Mac and Reed show at uh, 6 p.m. and Science Fliction at 9 p.m. So we've got a lot of fresh programming the rest of this week before we start anew on Sunday. Excellent. Alyssa, you probably got 25 articles coming out by tomorrow, I'm guessing. <laughs> Uh, you're not far off. Yeah. Um, as always, you know, there is a game that the Bears are playing this week. So we have plenty of Bears Eagles coverage coming up on Bears Wire. And during the bye week, we kind of started. I mean, let's be real. I think all of us were already starting in the 2023 offseason back in like, like September. October. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while, but we have a lot of that coverage as well. And our first mock draft by my guy, Nate Atkins, is up on the site and just kind of, you know, at this at this point four games left you know trying to be optimistic i know it's a new feeling here uh <laughs> for both home 55 for us here but um you know trying to be optimistic looking ahead to 2023 and yeah you start seeing a lot more of that as we ramp up during these final four games new year new us kind of uh <laughs> i'd be very curious to see how like what this show would be like with the, when the bears are winning listen i'm telling you this this whole positivity thing is going to run its course at some point because <laughs> I, I, this i only have so much of this in me and I, I'm, I'm letting it go for this entire season but if we're in the same position next year i'm not going to be all sunshine lollipops and rainbows there's going to be some hellfire and brimstone instead so just i'm just biding my time i'm trying rated to rated r cool. folks uh, yeah i'm just letting it play out and then there better be some return on investment here. So they're like all this emotional stuff that I'm just letting go. And I usually harness, I'm just, gonna, I'm, you know, I'm being Zen. There needs, uh, 
there needs to be something. There needs to be a little bit of improvement next year. But uh, and uh, just wanted to shut out the chat room. Thanks for everyone that was in there who came back. And you know, it, it's it's so cool to see this whole community we got here. They're just talking bears, talking anything. And uh, Laz, appreciate you reaching out. It was great to see you in Chicago as well. Uh, it just blows my mind that people were still listening to this show six years after the fact. And I, like I said, I'm wrong about everything. Why are you still listening? But <laughs> at the same time, we have a lot of fun here. And also, don't forget to catch uh, Bear Football right after the game. As soon as the game hits triple zeros, I'll be back on that show this Sunday. Me, my, me, myself, and uh, Danny Shimon and Tyler Ellis will be there. As soon as the clock hits triple zeros, we're going to give you some raw emotion uh, after that Bears game. Although, we're going to try to keep it keep it practical, but we're going to have – but you know what? It still stings. The second that you hit triple zeros, it still stings when they lose. But maybe they win. They could win. We're talking about a big upset. That would be awesome. Well, that will, Is that so, the one win? That's the one win they're going to get. They're going <laughs> to punch the Eagles in the mouth this week. That's the one win that we're going to get this for the I'll rest of the it. season. I'll take that. That would be awesome because then everyone would be talking about, what's wrong with the Eagles? And Because they lost the Bears. We could we could potentially be that Grinch because then we got to go – and, you know, you know, Merry Christmas. You got to play – you got to play the Bills on Christmas because that's super neat that's how i wanted to spend my holiday but either neither here nor there but anyway that will wrap up this edition of a phone 55 we appreciate everyone tuning in whether it's the live version the uh podcast version the video version the audio version whether it's your first time or your 55th time i appreciate each and every one of you that'll do it for this week for Otto gondia and Alyssa barbieri i'm john buffone we'll see you next time adios Thank you.